Welcome back to Sidewalk Skyline Podcast, where we explore faith at work in Canadian cities. This is our fourth episode looking at gangland preachers. While gang activity is prevalent in various parts of Canada, there are also men and women in those neighborhoods that are making a difference one-on-one. Today I'm talking with EJ Toupe, an urban missionary in downtown Toronto. I've had many conversations with my friend EJ and heard about his pimp exit strategies, his interaction with gang-affiliated youth, and the pastoral care he provides to people in crisis at all times. In his book, Generous Justice, Tim Keller wrote these words, If a person has grasped the meaning of God's grace in his heart, he will do justice. If he doesn't live justly, then he may say with his lips that he is grateful for God's grace, but in his heart he is far from him. If he doesn't care about the poor, it reveals that at best he doesn't understand the grace he has experienced, and at worst has not really encountered the saving mercy of God. Grace should make you just. Well, the grace of God has certainly made E.J. Toupe into a man of merciful justice. Here's an interview I recorded earlier this year at the Mission Canada office in Mississauga. E.J., you've told me about uh, how a high school teacher had a profound influence on your journey to faith. Uh, What's the story there? Uh, It's actually funny because she goes around speaking now and tells people about it. <laughs> oh, so that's good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so it's not... It's, it's So I guess when I was um, a new immigrant to Canada, from uh, the Philippines, mm-hmm. uh, just like many other immigrant kids, uh, the, especially the ones who have a hard time fitting in, uh, I got myself into a lot of trouble and, and had a crisis of faith. I probably walked out from whatever faith I had in my childhood. And uh, actually, not probably, I did. (laughs) And uh, one day, and and part of that was uh, my, uh, obviously, if you got a lot of stuff going on in your your mind, your heart, doing homework is not important to you. Mm -hmm. So my English teacher uh, was particularly concerned because I guess to her, she can perceive that I was a, a bright student and she was confused because what she saw didn't match what uh, what I would hand in. So I guess one day she said, um, uh, could I speak to you after class? And so I said, sure, no problem. And then she said, whatever, whatever. I don't probably remember because I was not interested. In and how old were you? Oh, man, I think I was 14. Mm-hmm. I, 14. I was 14 turning 15 because mm-hmm. I just started grade 10, I think. Yeah. And then um, she, I, I guess, out of nowhere, this conversation started going to talk about faith. And, uh, well, that got me uncomfortable. <laughs> like, well, that's, that's not what I signed up for, but okay. And then, uh, I don't know where, she started talking to me about her church and uh, asked if I'd been there. And, like, I'd, and I played piano for some weddings at, at back then, Queensway Cathedral, and that was her church. Mm-hmm. And then um, she invited 
she asked, hey, w- would you like to come? And I said, well, I live far. We were living in Mississauga at that time, and that church is in Etobicoke. And, and uh, so that was that. And But then she said uh, this outrageous thing. It's like, well, I'll, I'll pick you up. <laughs> That's a little bit of a hike. Yeah, even yeah. back then, uh, you, you're not supposed to pick up your high school students stay in the church. <laughs> no. Yeah, so uh, she did. Uh, she had a friend come along with her for uh, just accountability, I guess, which is fine. Um, and uh, I remember Stuart Mulligan was preaching that day. I don't particularly remember what he said, but I do particularly remember that I, I liked the man. Remind reminded me of uh, uh, elders from the Philippines. Mm. And then, um, yeah, that uh, what she did was a professional risk. But uh, in the in the realm of the spirit, it wasn't a risk. It mm-hmm. was the right thing. It's what I needed uh, at that time. She didn't know that she would be a catalyst for me to come to the Lord in in a whole new way, in a passionate way. That's still to this day. And and um, yeah, I, even even now, I've run into to her a number of times, and and she she said she's never done it since. <laughs> Yeah, she never did it before, and she never did it again. Do you think that uh, t- to be led of the spirit uh, will inevitably lead to some measure of risk? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you read the the specific words used by the Bible, where the spirit dyna- dynamos, dynamite, mm-hmm. dynamic. Dynamite is risky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, but effective. But but you know it's funny. I was actually just starting to write about it this week. I I um about safety. Uh, that the safest place we could be is in the middle of God's will. Mm. But what but seem risky to the world is safe in God's will. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's always a conflict between the way the world works and the way God works, and um, I lament. The, the fact that uh, I don't see a lot of godly riskiness in uh, in a generation these days. Um, that's not saying that things are bad, but like yeah. uh, I'd like to think that being Pentecostal, that's that was our jam. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're certainly uh, not risk averse. No. And... <laughs> um, so. This uh, um, risk-taking high school teacher uh, takes you to church, and uh, that was that was the beginning of uh, you really landing in your faith, wasn't it? Yeah, I uh, then met, met my youth pastor. He tried to bribe me with a ride. Also, mm-hmm. I said, "Well, well, she pulled that off already." So, <laughs> yeah. So he bribed me with food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I said, "I'll buy you a sandwich." Like, okay. A ride in a sandwich. So oddly enough, those two themes in my ministry life have still continued on. <laughs> food yeah. and rides. Go anywhere if they'll take you. And yeah, yeah. If there's food, you're in. Well, that's what I, that's probably my biggest, best method for leading people to Christ these days. Hey, you want a ride? <laughs> yeah. You want some food? <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Still works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, so now you're uh, a teen, you're, you're uh, walking with Jesus, you're in a youth group. Um, when did you get the feeling that you were supposed to go to Bible college and, and this whole 
possibility of entering into some kind of ministry? How'd that, how'd uh, that happen to you? Well, I, I feel like I was the last one to figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, Other people saw it before you I, did? I get, yeah, by the time I, I told them, this is what I, like, uh, they were looking at like, yeah, you just got, you just figured that out now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, just like any 17 or 18 year old, I was in that space of like, okay, what do I do after high school? Um, I had opportunities to... I, you know, do other things. I, I could have pursued music. I could have pursued uh, computer programming. My gosh, I'd be so much richer these days. Yeah. <laughs> I did that. Yeah. But um, I was in a service at Brayside, and I said a very dangerous prayer. I said to God, you know, tell me what you want, Lord. Whatever you, whatever you want me to do, just I'll do it. I'll go wherever you need me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll say whatever you want me to say. Yeah. And then uh, I heard a whisper in my heart saying, I'm calling you. Mm -hmm. I lost my mind. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I remember particularly for some reason, Mark Griffin was there, mm -hmm. old POC guy. Uh, and noticed that I was having like uh, an experience and, and uh, we had a chat and I told my, I told my youth pastor, Dwayne Henry, and he was not surprised again, you mm -hmm. know, and then uh, eventually once I applied for school, I needed to get references. So my pastor then was David Hazard. He was not surprised. Uh, talked to my mentors at the church, the elders. They were not surprised. My own mother was not surprised. Yeah. It seems like I was the only one that was surprised. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. so that's how that went. But, you know, the way calling works, right? It's never clear as day the only right. thing clear is you say yes because yeah. the Lord knows what I'm doing now I uh, yeah. well Braceside is uh, Braceside Pentecostal camp is a dangerous place yeah <laughs> if if you want to keep your life to yourself and you want to avoid uh, God's voice don't, don't go, go to Braceside <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only one yeah. who has had that experience so there. so as you began as a uh, young man in your teens to respond to that call that decision to uh, maybe go to Bible college and mm -hmm. start to dream about the future what was in your head at that time and where well, to go well it's probably more carnal really it's funny how the flesh mm -hmm. and ambition gets muddled with God's uh, idea right so I probably had a very uh, linear idea about ministry so i was going to be in youth ministry then after doing that and kicking butt be an associate pastor and then do that yeah. kick butt be a senior pa i mean that was my dream mm -hmm. back then i'm sure when i told god he was laughing yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh boy are you up for a surprise <laughs> Oh, you think I called you to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I started at Masters. I was there my first two years, and and the transition. Wait, no, were you at Masters College when it was in Peterborough or when it was in uh, Toronto? Peterborough. Peterborough. So I was in Peterborough. My second year was when the transition was happening. Mm -hmm. um, that was tough for me. I was quite close for my with my teachers. Mm -hmm. And the trans transition was toughest on them. Mm -hmm. um, and I just sensed in my heart, um, you know, just, just hearing from the Lord is a tricky mm -hmm. thing, you know. 
God was just trying to tell me um, that my job was to focus on learning about Him mm-hmm. and not get caught up with whatever politics was going on. Yeah, it definitely was a political yeah. time mm-hmm. at the school, uh, in our fellowship, in our all all over the place. So when the school moved yeah. to Toronto, I, oddly enough, I left, even though that was technically coming to my home time, the hometown. Mm-hmm. I just uh, felt a sense that I needed to obey and. Uh, I actually even went to the school where most students didn't go. Most went to BC, went to mm-hmm. um, Summit. Summit. Mm-hmm. I went to Vanguard, mm-hmm. where it gets to negative sixty. Yeah, uh, I had to. I, I was. I lived with Dr. Ron Powell. <laughs> oh, Ron! Yeah. Yeah, for six weeks, I was homeless in his basement, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I didn't fully understand. Why? Edmonton was a hard season for me. I didn't know anyone. Uh, I didn't have any friends because I was new. And then my my family, both my parents got laid off. Mm-hmm. So my third year, uh, I was full-time at school, full-time, full-time in my internship. I worked full-time as a night manager in a hotel. Mm-hmm. I had my intern. Uh, oh, and then I was on student council. Because I became friends with the the president of student council and the tre- the treasurer needed help, so she asked me to be the the new treasurer of mm-hmm. student council, and and then I was helping out a a, a church plant, black church plant, wow. and so I I was busy. Yeah, <laughs> I was busy, but I uh, but it was cold and it was lonely for me, and yeah. I didn't understand. It's probably good that you were busy. Because you were so lonely. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, I made friends, but it wasn't... It wasn't it, home. It wasn't home. No. And uh, Edmonton's a good city, but it's it's um, it's a, more like a big town. Yeah. At least back then. Now it's very different. Yeah. Um, but God, that's where uh, God's next season of call for me. Yeah. So now, now you've graduated... From Vanguard, you're uh, ready to uh, enter into the the limelight of professional ministry. Yeah, <laughs> such a bright light. Yeah, and uh, somehow, somehow, you end up um, uh, getting sidetracked to the streets. Yeah, yeah. It, what seemed like a sidetrack was actually not a sidetrack at all. It was, Probably the plan whole all along. Yeah, it was the yeah. The, it was the path. Yeah, yeah. I uh, so yeah. When I graduated, I thought now I'd follow this plan of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, youth pastor, associate, whatever. And I remember I went through five interviews after I graduated. It just nothing worked out. Either I didn't want to be there, or I went there and things were off. And next thing you know. Uh, it's the middle of the summer. No one's hiring anymore because, you know, you need to have a youth pastor in way before fall. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was an assistant youth pastor with uh, Mark Barrett at Southside. And uh, my last interview was uh, in San Jose. I flew there five days, came back, and I was like, I'm not meant to be there. And I remember having a bitterness in my heart. That was a tough conversation amongst friends. Mm. Because I told them, like, I feel like God fooled me. You know, yeah. I, I poured my heart into... What have these last four years been about? Yeah, yeah. right? Studied yeah. hard, did all the stuff, yeah. and then I needed to make ends meet. So 
I worked in a lumber yard. Uh, my friend got me a job in a lumber yard. That my shift was five p.m. to five a.m. in the morning. It was horrible. Like you can't hang out. <laughs> what was the name of that coworker you told me? About? Yeah, yeah. I ended up. I and and the way this this lumber yard worked, I you only worked. I only worked with one guy, so I couldn't even make friends. So my job was to put wood on the table, and he would this my my coworker Igor would cut it. Igor. Igor. Yeah. And I thought maybe the silver lining is I lead Igor to, to Christ. Igor didn't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I remember I'd make mistakes and he would just like grunt and point. Uh, 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 uh. You know, I, I, I know I'm Pentecostal, but I don't know if mm. I can speak in tongues in Polish. Um, but good guy. And I remember being angry. Uh, sometimes, I, I mean, you put water on the table for 12 hours. By the hour 10, that gets a little mind-numbing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm picking up a theme here that uh, before God could uh, really bring you to where he wanted, you had to learn about your own loneliness. Yeah. Well, I, I think... One of the things I had to wrestle with is um, I, being called a prof, being a prophet, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, I've always been leery of people who, who uh, parade that title. I'm mm -hmm. prophet this, yeah. prophetess this. Yeah. Because uh, when you read through the Old Testament, none of those... They weren't nice. They weren't liked. Yeah. None of them wanted... To be a prophet. Right, right. <laughs> I just did a, in fact, I'm studying the book of Amos. He was a shepherd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not trained prophet. What is this? Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I realized the journey of the prophets was always, they, they, um, they had a deep, deep faith with mm -hmm. God, not a transactional one where mm -hmm. good things happen, therefore we're good, God. Like, no, yeah. it wasn't like that. They had a deep faith. And they had a tough call, mm -hmm. and they went through hardship to live out their call. Mm -hmm. And um, that seems to be the theme of my life back then, and mm -hmm. still to this day. Because then, I remember at the lumber yard, I uh, there was a uh, our my lunchtime is at two a.m. in the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I saw an, an ad in a paper. Uh, uh, men's shelter was hiring intake workers. And I, well, I, I used to be, I used to do street ministry with Yvette Duhamel at, mm -hmm. young, at Spadina in Queen. Mm -hmm. There's an old name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I, I applied. Then uh, my last interview was at the actual shelter. And it was a hot, it was odd. It was a hot spring day in Edmonton, which is rare. Um, so the shelter smelled really bad, especially bad. And I remember the first time I, I smelled that shelter, I, I heard from the Lord again, my new call. Hmm. And the uh, Lord said, this is the smell of people I love. Now mm -hmm. go love them. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, still. And it's funny because now I speak about it as a story. Uh, and I remember it was just a conversation between myself and Pastor Mark. <laughs> Yeah. So he laughs about it now, too, because that was just the conversation between me, him, and his wife, Kirsten. And mm -hmm. and uh, 
you know, no, we never thought that would ever be anything other than yeah. a conversation amongst ourselves. And yeah. yeah, give me a real quick list of all the uh, kind of uh, roles and uh, types of relationships that, that you have with uh, uh, people on the streets in Toronto. Where, like, you're doing a lot of uh, things over. The, you've been how long? You've been there now. I, I, I've been like going back to when you first landed at working at the shelter. That would be the beginning of. Oh yeah, that was 06. 06, yeah. So 14 years. Yeah. Yeah. You're coming into 14 years. Yeah. Uh, and then I, and then I landed in Toronto 07. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good chunk of time now. Yeah. Um, I don't know when I was, um, when I was both so of if somebody's sh- listening and they say, uh, okay, I, I don't know what you do, what do you do? So on a technical term, some social workers call what I do case management. Mm-hmm. However, if you meet case managers, a lot of the things that I do are not just case management. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's a lot of the stuff that pastors do. Mm-hmm. Really care, really be there. Yeah. But I just so happen to have the technical knowledge of how to help someone navigate through the system. Right. And so so that's the thing that pastors won't have. Pastors mm-hmm. will have the heart, they'll have the care, they'll have the listening ear, mm-hmm. but they won't have the technical know-how of how to, yeah. you know, at least generally. Some do. Some do, yeah. But for the most part, it's not something you, tr- you learn in Bible college. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in a weird way, I guess I'm a... I'm a pastor who knows how to case manage Mm -hmm. and uh because case managers will not pray with you (laughs) no case or and may not go the extra mile no no and uh or have you into their home well that's the thing right so the boundaries are are pretty clear cut and in uh, social work Mm -hmm. but in in as a in pastor world if you have too thick of a boundary with the people you serve are, are yeah. you even their pastor? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? And yeah. so it's that funny, fine line. And so um, so it's quite diverse. So mm-hmm. I, I can't say that I just deal with uh, drug dealers, for instance. I can't mm-hmm. say that I just deal with uh, addicts. I can't mm-hmm. just say, I deal, like, anyone who is in cyclical poverty, mm-hmm. um, I try to help them. Like, right mm-hmm. now... Uh, I'm dealing with two CAS matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's an apprehension, and one's we're trying to get that that child back. And then uh, this afternoon, I'm going to be in prison, and mm-hmm. and I'm trying to help uh, two guys transition into. They're going to be sentenced, and they're going to be shipped into a, a, a federal penitentiary, and trying mm-hmm. to help them plan for that. And I got a couple guys getting out, mm-hmm. and trying to plan for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people they don't have any criminal histories. They're just they suffer from PTSD, and mm-hmm. so I'm, I've got a landlord tenant board matter coming up in a couple months. So it's funny places uh, that I run into. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a perfect example is one of my guys. He's a severe alcoholic. He um, I helped him reconnect with his son. I realized that that was one of the deepest wounds in his heart. So I helped mm-hmm. him reconnect with his son. I didn't see his son for two years. Mm-hmm. And so after that, a few months later, he decided, hey, you know what? I think I need to deal with my alcoholism. It's like, mm-hmm. great. So 
made a phone call to CAMH that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, great, uh, we'll see you for an intake in five months. <laughs> five months. <laughs> but that's typical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that's actually the hardship of people. Yeah. Um, so now, and most of the time, people lose motivation in those five months. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm along, so I kept them motivated those five months. So finally, I went. We were in his appointment. And I'm there at Cam H with him. And uh, the nurse said, Okay, sir, I'm going to need you to wait here. It's a, a confidential conversation with him, and uh, we're just going to be there. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. sure, no problem. Mm-hmm. And then he said, wait, 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 EJ's not coming? And she said, yeah, it's a confidential conversation. And then he said, but he knows everything. <laughs> yeah. So, and then she said again the same thing, and then finally he said, I'm not saying a thing to you unless he's in there. Yeah. So she capitulated. So here I am in the room now. Yeah. And then she asked, what do you do? And I said, well, uh, I guess I, I'm his worker, you know, mm-hmm. different hats. She, she won't understand pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, okay, so what do you do? So I said, all of the above. And she didn't understand that yeah. because um, in social work, you specialize. You're doing housing, education, yeah. employment, counseling. And uh, I told him, yeah, I do all those things for him. And he actually nodded and said, yeah, he's yeah. my guy. Yeah. Whatever, like, I trust him. And, like, even if I don't know, I'll try to find someone who does know. Yeah. So. Uh, you told me, too, about uh, a few months ago we were talking, you were working uh, in the jail on a project that you would refer to as your prison epistles. <laughs> Uh, is that still ongoing, or what? What tell us about that? Yeah, I um, I I realized that a lot of commentary on the prison epistles are not really written by prisoners. <laughs> no, they're written by uh, theologians. Exactly. Yeah. And so, pastors. so what a crazy idea to ask prisoners their insights on the prison epistles. Whoa. <laughs> 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 yeah. So that's what we did. Uh, I, I, they picked which prison epistle they wanted to tackle. And uh, and then we were there. And man, they asked me questions that I ever thought of. I uh, had insights into the emotions about of uh, Paul mm-hmm. while he's in prison that most people won't know. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I didn't know that uh, usually when you get arrested, you're a little traumatized. And the last thing you want to do is write a letter. So that's will take time and usually your first letter is very emotional yeah and and when you read we were reading through philippians and sure enough like paul's letter was very emotional Hmm. and i that's i I never thought of that yeah and i never even thought like oh he must have labored before he even wrote this i never for some reason in my head paul gets arrested and starts writing the book yeah (laughs) Yeah. does somebody have a quill yeah (laughs) I don't know why I thought yeah. that, but that's that was the image in my head. I didn't. Wow, that's. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think about like he must have had a crisis of faith, mm-hmm. uh, sitting in that prison cell, wondering like, Lord, I'm, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so are you documenting uh, the sessions you've had with in jail with guys talking through the epistles? We we have. We're actually, mm-hmm. I have a new project that I'm going to work on. It's mm-hmm. going to be a bit more unique. Uh, I'm actually just telling the guys today. 
I'm gonna journey with them for them to write their own songs. Their own songs. Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna have some prisoners write songs. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so first I need to teach them how the Psalms work. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it's probably going to help them read through the Psalms themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then eventually I'm going to ask them to write their own Psalms. And hopefully I, I, I can audio record them reading their own Psalm. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I can't imagine how powerful that would be if they can pass that on to other fellow prisoners. Hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and because a lot of the psalms are sometimes an affirmation of someone's dark thoughts. Mm -hmm. They're not always happy. No. And and I think we live in a world where sometimes darkness is not affirmed. Right. It's not thought of, uh, but it's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people these days are running through dark thoughts. Depression yeah. is yeah. common. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know where this is going to It's interesting go. how we... Think that you know. I mean, a lot of people are suffering with anxiety and depression. Yeah. You know, un, unparalleled truth that's happening. Uh, sometimes we forget, though, that that's timeless. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and you start reading the Psalms, and you realize, oh my goodness, this, this is, is this is just as dark and heavy as as anything that anybody goes through. Yeah. I mean, yeah. whenever I feel bad about myself, I read Lamentations three. Mm -hmm. I go, okay, well, I'm not that angry. <laughs> Good. There's somebody worse off than me. Yeah. yeah. The message version even says, like, yeah. oh, Lord, you have crushed my teeth in the gravel. Oh, that's not good. And I'm like, okay, I, 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 I'm not, I don't think I'm that angry. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, in, back in September 2019, um, you organized a great event. Uh, <laughs> Our city, Toronto conference. Yes, and uh, we had uh, many urban practitioners that were giving workshops, sharing their stories. In fact, uh, we were able to record several of those sessions. Yeah, and and, and weaving those into our uh, Sidewalk Skyline podcast. Uh, yeah. is is there going to be another Our City Toronto? I I'd like to think so. Mm -hmm. um, I probably just when I didn't realize how taxing that would be mm -hmm. uh and then right after i had the urban ministry tour and man i was tired <laughs> yeah 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 um but i think i think the idea behind it is is uh, is so powerful because it's not even about me glorifying myself yeah it's it's about like how can i make how can i create a space that is a celebration of ministry yeah. in the city yeah. a celebration of one another where it's not about Oh, I'm doing it better than you. It's more like, well, I'm doing this. Yeah. Can you learn from it, or can I learn from you? And yeah. and just a safe space. And and the city's so big. Mm -hmm. um, when Scripture says the the harvest of plenty, laborers are few. It's definitely true. The laborers are few. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so for the few, wouldn't it be great to learn one another? And I think the biggest. Um, great qualitative outcome of that gathering was. People from different ministry tribes, mm -hmm. different denominations, different disciplines, different yeah. practices. We're all in the same room. Yeah. Um, and I, I think about Acts chapter 2, you know, many, many tribes, many nations all worshiping God in, mm. in their own tongue. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And like I guess yeah. that's my my uh, new interpretation of that. Right? Yeah. Different ministry tribes. Yeah. We're all different. Yeah. We will. I think there might be just theological differences that we just might never reconcile. But so much to learn from each other, and so much. Uh, positive relationship and encouragement we can give to each other yeah yeah and it sets it's yeah. fits with the tone of the city toronto is yeah. the most diverse city in the world yeah and uh people learn to coexist and maintain their differences yeah so, that's our, our tone with the podcast too we don't want to just be a tribal podcast we want to uh, be a podcast that gives voice to urban ministry that is christian no matter what uh, translation or tribal affiliation that, yeah. that comes through. Yeah, because the reality is the city is not tribal. Uh, the tribal is we're here together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you've uh, you've uh, had a uh, bit of a home church gathering, and, and I don't know what, what you're calling it yet, uh, or if you've actually said it's a church or I think it's a so, potential church yeah what, tell us about what you're doing so our gathering happened by accident uh, a friend of mine uh, who was a former Toronto athlete um, uh, lost his leg uh, he had it amputated and I was visiting him and um, I he used to be part of church in the city when mm -hmm. I was on staff there and so I was visiting him and then uh, it was December. He, one day he said, EJ, it's, it's Christmas time. Christmas time's coming up. What are we doing? And I said to him, well, I, I'm not a pastor anymore. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> and he said, but it's Christmas. I was like, I know, but I'm not a pastor anymore. Like, I'm not doing anything. And then he was quite persistent. And eventually he said, but you know people that have nowhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> He, he found your button. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I go home. I tell my wife, Cheryl. She starts weeping. It's like, we do. We do know people that have nowhere to go. Yeah. So we had a, a Christmas service mm -hmm. uh, at our home. We had a Bay Street trader and his family. And he actually was, at that time, uh, unsure of his faith. I think still to this day. Um, uh, radio shows, his family, and uh, my homeless friend, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, well, that was our first service, mm -hmm. and we were like, "Well, that felt good." Let's do that again. So we did it Easter. Mm -hmm. We had even more people, mm -hmm. and we we're like, "Well, that felt good." Mm -hmm. And then uh, that fall, uh, we started meeting once a month. We have no website. There's no. There's nothing. We grow by relationship. Mm -hmm. People bringing other people or people I meet and led to faith. We have a lot of new believers in our midst. Mm -hmm. So we've been meeting once a month now, like two years come this fall. Hmm. Um, we're coming to the point now where every service I literally pray not everyone shows up. Because I don't know how we all fit. You don't fit. know how you'll fit into the apartment. Yeah. 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 Uh, on big occasions, we rent the community center. Like mm -hmm. Christmas, we had 23 people. Mm -hmm. uh, which I thought that's pretty good. Christmas Eve service. Yeah. Hot luck. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> For a church that doesn't technically exist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. So we're just trying to discern 
our next steps as a community. Um, I felt I felt it was good to learn how to be a community first, mm-hmm. and and uh, to be a church in the community to be a a secondary thing. Mm-hmm. Most people do that reverse. Let's do a church in the community and then figure out how to be a community. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily bad, mm-hmm. but uh, it just didn't feel right for us. Uh, probably doesn't suit who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we're at. In terms of name, I don't know. Someone may have accidentally named it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I live in the second floor, so she she uh, said, oh, when's our next gathering at the upper room? Yeah, <laughs> I got, that fits. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing you're not on the 13th floor. You know? No, I no, no. Yeah. but he, the 13th floor. But historically, our fellowship started at Heaven Mission, right? Which mm-hmm. is literally down the street from me. Yeah, Queen I li- Street. I also live on Queen Street. Yeah. And um, I'm just a few blocks east of where we started. So, yeah. so I don't know. I mean, I, we'll, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where the spirit leads. Yeah. We do sense that there Sounds is... Sounds risky. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, th- this whole thing is a risk. My gosh, I was just telling my wife the other day, like, why are we doing this? Yeah. <laughs> How do you support yourself? Oh, well, that's another risky thing. Fundraise every dollar. Yeah. So either churches support me mm-hmm. or believe in our work. Uh, individuals support me and believe in our work and pray for us and affirm us. And, and that's actually very meaningful for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we we are right in the thick of things. Yeah. You know, the Danforth shooting is up the street from us. Yeah. Um, I was actually telling some friends yesterday, you know, those kinds of incidents feel different for us because mm-hmm. other people, that was a great news cycle for a week mm-hmm. and then people moved on. Yeah. I can't move on. No, it's, it, it's affected where you live. Yeah. Yeah. Cause now I still go to those places, pass yeah. by those spots and then we remember. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, definitely we pray that we can be a healing agent in yeah. our community, like a catalyst for something good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You were uh, you were one of the uh, early um, round of Mission Canada workers, actually. Yeah. You know, and and uh, I think um, Trevor Gingrich at uh, um, his uh, what, what school is he at again? Humber. He's Humber, at Humber. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was he was our. First one. First Mission Canada worker, and then uh, a few more trickled in, including you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and so uh, if if uh, listeners are interested in uh, being a part of supporting you, uh, we'll put uh, the donate link up in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, so you can. Thank uh, you. Appreciate. That. Yeah. So you can go to sidewalkskylinepodcast.com and uh, we'll have a link there. Uh, how else can people get a hold of you? What? How can they find you online? Well, I'm Googleable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> who would have thought that'd be a golly Google? Yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. who would have thought that'd be a noun? <laughs> yeah. Where's <laughs> the adverb? I don't know. Like I'm Googleable. You put E J A Y T. I think that's an action. So it's that's a verb. It's a verb. verb. Yeah. <laughs> Googleable. <laughs> Won't see that in the dictionary fifteen years ago. Uh, yeah, uh, 
and the YouTube, there's a, there's a bunch of vlogs out there. I'm, I've been slower at it these days. Parenthood mm -hmm. has slowed me down. Well, it's not actually. So if, it, if we went on YouTube and type in EJ Tupe, you'll find, you'll find your video vlogs. Yeah, yeah. I, I've only slowed down on them recently, not because there's no content, uh, but I, I've walked. I've been walking more intimately with people, mm -hmm. and now it's harder to navigate. What is? You're walking slower too, because you have a baby. Yeah, yeah, but like some of the stuff we're dealing with are super intimate. Yeah. And super tricky you can't rush by yeah and i can't i can't put it out there you mm -hmm. know um it wasn't a flash it's not like a oh we made a hundred sandwiches we went to the park handed them out no this is like i got a phone call at 2 a.m in the morning mm -hmm. like just and and as as ha as hard as those stories are that we juggle um, and to be honest uh, they they are hard sometimes um, I feel so honored mm -hmm. also being in part of that journey, that part of someone's journey. Yeah. And, and now it's almost like I, when, when Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit being a counselor, mm -hmm. I didn't think that would become a, a very important distinction in my ministry season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, especially cause you know, if you know me, I'm loud and. I'm out there, ah, but uh, soothing counselor. No, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God's funny, man. He is. <laughs> but, you know, and I think uh, one of the ways that God has really strengthened you, too, is uh, your wife, Cheryl, man. She's such a, such a good compliment to you, and, and uh, I know that you are to her. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, so, EJ, um, we're, we're uh, running out of time here, but I just wanted to say thank you for uh, being on the uh, episode. Oh, and, thank and you. And uh, it's always good to connect with you and get updated on, on what's happening because there's always another story. Yeah. And uh, so if anybody out there is uh, looking for a, a guest speaker or <laughs> looking for uh, a Sunday <laughs> fill and, and you're willing to pay them, um, hey, I like reaching out your door. EJ, it, I got to tell you, EJ, you are a knock it out of the park preacher, man. You you know how to preach, and uh, our our folks in Windsor. Every time you've been down, um, I I always hear the accolades uh, long after you're gone. Oh. And in fact, just uh, uh, last week, somebody uh, was saying to me something about, oh, yeah, I wish. We should have EJ uh, come speak again. He, they they may make a deep connection to what God is doing. Through oh, it, it's so. not just because of me. You are uh, you built a great community there. They yeah. a, lot, a lot. There's a lot of synergy there. Yeah, I guess I got to book you in again. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you again, and um, uh, you know, just uh, pray that uh, in that. Uh, high-risk ministry that God has called you that you would be sheltered in in his safe hands yeah. and uh, thank you for doing what you do thank you thank you I hope that hearing EJ's passion inspires you to consider how you can go and partner with the things that God is doing downtown in your city you've heard us mentioned the Our City Toronto conference that happened last fall.
While it's too soon to be planning a post-pandemic large gathering, it's not too soon to be planning some online urban ministry conferences and possibly some smaller gatherings. I'm part of EJ's team looking at how we can do some Our City conferences online this fall. We'll be sure to let you know when something like that is happening. So subscribe to this podcast and keep listening. Our next episode on June 15th will feature a session with the last of this chapter's gangland preachers. Mark Goring is the pastor of Regent Park Church in Toronto and was profoundly affected by gang activity in the Malvern area. Be sure to download uh, that episode when it comes out. Also, check the show notes for our, our episodes at sidewalkskylinepodcast.com. You'll find additional material, photos, and links that expand on the content you get here. EJ Tupe is a Mission Canada worker who raises his own support to do the things he does. And if he touched your heart today, there's a, a link on our website that will give you an opportunity to support his work financially. Well, that wraps up today's session. Until next time, keep one ear to the sky and one ear to the ground in your city. I'm Kevin Rogers, and you've been listening to the Sidewalk Skyline Podcast. Thank you.